Matthew 5, Matthew 5, 14. I want I wanted to do this. I'm addressing you guys, but I'm addressing everybody. Addressing Fairview. Uh, we had Dr. Finch in this past week. Uh, we have some new people on staff, so we, we, we bring in Dr. Finch to help us uh, uh, with cohesion and organization. He's just incredible. Does an awesome, awesome job. And one of the things he helped to see <clears throat> is, is to be very, very clear with our vision. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, that frustrated me a little bit because I felt we were clear on the vision. But after the meeting, I realized they wasn't. <clears throat> Some of y'all caught that. I was crystal clear. I don't know what their problem was. Amen. And so, so I want to take just a few moments today, and it will be, it will be brief. Uh, and I want to tell you and share from God's word why we're here. Why we're here. There are people who are trying to go to psychics. They're trying to go to cults in, in many, many different religions, researching all the religions to try to find the answer to the question that I'm going to give you today. Why are we here? Why are we here? What is our vision? Is our vision clear? I, I think if we're ever going to get everything out of life that, that we, we need to get, you got to know why you're here. You got to know why you're here. And, and I want to, I want to take just a few moments and go and it's, and, and we're going to kind of work backwards. We're going to do the ultimate purpose, ultimately why we're here. You know, a lot of us are, are gifted and a lot of us are called to do different things. Some of us preach, some of us teach, some of us sing, uh, some of us paint, some of us build. Uh, there are very, very good, talented builders, very, very good talented organizers, very, very good, talented direct, uh, or decorators, and, 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 and then the list just goes on and on and on. And sometimes, sometimes we will look at that and say, well, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. I was born to, you know, and, and, and we'll put in whatever it is that we're most comfortable with or we enjoy doing or we're most passionate about. But I'm afraid that a lot of even Christians do not understand completely and clearly why they are here, why God made you. I have, I have heard, I have heard different explanations. I have heard, uh, even preachers try to explain this and, and do it wrong. And, and I, I've even heard this explanation that, that, that God was lonely and, and, and he wanted a relationship. He wanted somebody to love him. That is ridiculous. That is not even close. That is not even close. Uh, God is God. And he is all sufficient in himself. He needs nothing. Are y'all with me? Say amen. I heard a man say this one time. He said, you have a five gallon bucket of water. Stick your hand in and pull your hand back out. The hole you leave is how much God needs you. Listen, God is the all-sufficient one, but he did make us for a purpose. In Revelation, we find that the Bible says, 
uh, thou hast created all things and all things are created for thy pleasure. They are and were created. God doesn't do anything on accident. He doesn't do anything haphazardly. He doesn't do anything recklessly. He does everything according to a plan and a purpose. Are y'all with me? Say amen. And so with that being said, I want you to look here in Matthew chapter 5 as we hurry through this. Verse 14. Ye, now what color is your writing? Red. Red. Who's speaking? Jesus. Jesus. Now, he is speaking to the disciples. He is speaking to, I, 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 can, I believe without uh, being in error that we can say he is speaking to all those that would believe after those disciples and the disciples that those disciples would win and lead and train. Uh, uh, Brother Doug, can we honestly say that? I believe we can say that, right? He is saying, ye are the light of the world. Now watch. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let's read verse 16 in concert. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. Let us pray. Dear heavenly father, thank you, Lord, for the privilege the honor it is to pastor these committed people. Lord, thank you for letting me be in the same building with them. And God, I pray that you'll give me the ability to challenge them and challenge our whole church body that we may understand our purpose, that we may understand why we are here and that we will do everything in our life to pursue it. God, we'll give you glory. We'll give you praise. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Don't let me say anything I shouldn't. And don't let me forget anything I should. In Jesus' name, we ask all these things. In Jesus' name, we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. We find here in verse number 16, we find the answer to our question, ultimately. Ultimately. Let your light so shine before men. That they may see your good works. Now, a lot of Christians stop there. And they want to shine before men so that the men can see their good works so they can brag on them. Are y'all with me? That is not what this verse is saying. It is not about us. It has never been about us. It's all about him. And if you doing your Christian work and your Christian calling and the people are bragging on you, you're not doing it right. But if they see what you do and they see your labor and they see your love and they see your living and they say, whoo, what a God, then you're doing it right. We don't do anything for our glory. We don't do anything for our recognition. It is not our name that is to be praised. It's all praise and all glory and all honor goes to him. And so number one, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Our purpose, our purpose is to glorify God. It is our purpose to bring glory to God. Now it says in Ephesians 1 11, 
in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory. First Corinthians 10, 31. Whether therefore ye eat or drink. In other words, even in the most mundane things of life, even in the most simple things of life, it says we are to do all to the We should bring God glory in everything we do. Now watch this. This will help everybody understand why God made you. He did not make you because he was lonely. This is why he made you. 2 Corinthians 4.15. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant Grace. grace, all right, we have grace, might through the thanksgiving of many. Now, when you understand grace and you experience grace, you will offer thanksgiving. And that thanksgiving brings glory to God. Now, let me, let me, let me, let me say this again. I, I might be spending too much time, but I, I need you to get this. When you experience grace, what is grace? It's unmerited favor. It's undeserved, unearned, unmerited favor. It's God giving you favor that you didn't earn, that you didn't work for, that you didn't labor, and you sure didn't deserve, but he did it because he wanted to do it. He gave you favor. And when you realize and you understand Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved an old wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Oh, when you understand the grace of God that bringeth salvation to all men, when you get a good grip on the grace of God, you'll sing, I'm redeemed by love divine. Glory, glory, Christ is mine. All to him I now resign. I've been redeemed. I am saved. I'm a child of God. I've been forgiven. I've been saved and sanctified. I was on my way to hell. Now I'm on my way to heaven and I can't help but thank him for his grace. Are y'all with me? And when I understand grace, I offer thanksgiving and I offer praise and I offer gratitude unto God. And by doing that, that brings honor to Now watch this now. This is important. This is important. God's power cannot grow. Because he's omnipotent. That means he's all powerful. Say that with me. He is. He can't get no more because he's got it all. His power cannot be magnified. His, His power cannot be added to. Because he's all power, omnipotent. His knowledge cannot grow because he knows everything. He don't have to go to school. He don't have to have books. He don't need any learning or a professor. He knows it all. So that cannot be magnified. God's power cannot be magnified. 
His knowledge cannot be magnified. His presence cannot be magnified. He's everywhere all the time. He is ever present in everything. He's present. He cannot be any more than what he is now. There's only one. This will make sense. I promise you this will make sense. There is only one attribute of God that can increase and can be magnified. That is his glory. It's his glory. And that is why God will share his power. God will share his love. God will share his son. God will share his home. God will share his provision. But he's a jealous God and he will not share his glory. Say, preacher, what in the world are we put on this earth for? He puts you on this earth to forgive you of your sin so that when you find forgiveness of your sin and you experience his grace, you will turn around and give him thanksgiving, which magnifies his glory. That's why you're here. You are here for the, and by the way, he's not here for you. You're here for him. And you are here to bring him glory. Now, if we need to understand, if that's a little bit too sanctimonious language, what does it mean? What does it mean to to bring glory, to glorify? It means to brag on him. It means to make big of him. Make a big deal of him. Now, if I'm around my wife in public and I start bragging on how she looks and I start bragging on what she does for me and I start bragging on on how much of a blessing she is, I am glorifying her. I'm making her look good in the eyes of all the people I'm around. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. And you were put on this earth, this whole plan of salvation, this whole plan of grace, it was designed for the, listen, for the purpose of bringing God glory. Are y'all with me? We experience grace. Because of grace, we have thanksgiving. And that thanksgiving brings glory to God. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Number two. What was number one? We see our... Our purpose. Number two, we see our practice. What are we going to do to do this? What are we going to do to do this? Matthew chapter 28. And Jesus came and spake unto them saying, all what? Oh yeah, we just learned that, didn't we? All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore. And teach all, how many of them? Now for all you that get all bent out of shape, because we're doing that. If you get bent out of shape because we're planting churches in all nations, then you don't understand how much God deserves glory. You see, we have a God, Lord have mercy. We have a God that is worthy, not just of temple glory and worship, 
not just of Coleman glory in worship, not just of Alabama glory in worship, not just of the Southeast glory in worship, not just the Bible Belt's worship, not just this nation's worship. He is a God who is so majestic and so mighty and so powerful and so holy and so wonderful. He deserves glory from all nations. And so that's what we're doing. How do we, how do we bring God glory? We have to get people saved. They have to experience the grace of God. And when they experience the grace of God, they offer thanksgiving to God, which brings God glory. But how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they be sent? Listen, it is by hearing of the word of God that they'll be saved. But if we can't get the gospel to them and we don't send the preacher to them, they'll never be saved and they'll never experience grace and they'll never offer thanksgiving and God won't get the glory he deserves. What is our practice? Making disciples. Say it with me. Why are we here? We're here to glorify God and we do that by... That's why we're here. Now, I know, I know a lot of people in here. I know a lot of people in here has come up through different backgrounds and different traditions. And you come up through different churches who've done all kind of stuff. And sadly, there's a lot of churches doing all kind of stuff, but not making disciples. I sat, I sat with several preachers and, and I was filling out a, a whiteboard, a dry erase board with all the things they had to do that was keeping them from making disciples. And when we step back and look at the dry erase board, all, and it was, it, was, it was stuff. It was stuff that their churches were required. I'm not blaming all on the preachers. I'm blaming church tradition and people that don't know their Bible. And they've got these men of God running around doing everything but what God commanded them to do. I don't care how much you feed the poor and how much you do this and how much social justice stuff you do and how much social community work you do. If you're not making disciples, you're missing the number one thing you're supposed to be doing. And all this dry erase board was full of stuff, full of schedules, full of agendas, full of responsibilities that they were having to do. Not one single line said make disciples. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying at Temple Baptist Church, we're going to get our priorities right. We're still going to do everything we can to feed the poor. We're still going to do everything we can to clothe the naked. We're still going to do everything we can to dig wells for people and and bless orphans and widows and do all these kind of stuff. But we're not going to miss the, the main thing. We're going to keep the main thing, the main thing, and that's making disciples. Now all God's people see it. All right, number three. Number three. How are we going to do that? How are we going to do that? We know we're we're here, our purpose is to glorify and bring glory and honor to God. We're going to do that by making disciples. That's our practice. Making disciples. Then number three, write this down, our pattern. We find that in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 1. Thou therefore, my son, emphasis on my son. This is Paul speaking to Timothy. 
Therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. This is the, this is the key verse. Uh, is that the right terminology? Key verse, uh, life verse for TTI. This is where, this is where TTI gets its name, the Timothy Initiative. Because of the command given to Timothy from Paul. This is our pattern. This is how we make disciples. Three things I want you to write down quickly. I've got just a few minutes. All that other stuff was the intro. This is the sermon. Okay? I just had to get that out of my system. Uh, First of all, how do we make disciples? First off. He said to Timothy, my son. Now, in another another letter, he says to Timothy, mine own son in the faith. What do we know by that? Paul led Timothy to the Lord. So here's here's the first thing, especially you guys. How are we going to make disciples? First of all, A, write this down, by sharing my faith. By sharing my faith. Now I'm not, I'm not naive. I'm not naive to think that every single person at Temple Baptist Church is going to be wearing one of these gowns. I would like that. But I know, I know that's just not reality. I know you, you may not have the, the, the time or the energy to do the work required for that to happen. But I would like to believe that every Temple Baptist church member is willing to at least share their faith. And so that's why we're doing the Share Your Faith workshop. And by the way, we just got through in the teens. In the teens, the last three weeks, I was down there with them having a blast. Usually I'm scared to death and need a nerve pill. But man, they were so paying attention and respect of just humbly. And by the way, they've already won people to Christ. Yeah, you ought to shout right there. I'm talking about teenagers, okay? Not missionaries or evangelists, teenagers. Sharing their faith, winning people to Christ. All right, now, so how are we going to make disciples? First, we got to share our faith. We got to get our mouth open. We got to get our mouth open. Got to tell somebody, all right? Here's the thing. B, write this down. Man, I want to preach that right now, and I don't have time. Good gracious almighty. No, no. Share your faith, guys. You'll, you, you'll be glad you did. When you see people saved, you see people pray and weep their way to Christ. I'm, t- I'm not going to preach it. Just share your faith, okay? Look at your neighbor and say, we got to share our faith. Disciples will not be made till we open our mouth and share our faith. B, B, he says, my own son in the faith. My own son in the faith. Look what he says. Let me me read the verse so so I don't misquote this. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me. 
the things that thou hast heard of me. Among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men. Now, what is he saying? Them people, you win. Just like I won you, Timothy. After I won you, I taught you. So after we share our faith, we need to share our knowledge. We need to share what we know. We need to share what we've learned. Listen, every one of y'all in here, every one of y'all in here, you need to go tell somebody what you learn every Sunday. Go say, man, you ain't going to believe what I heard from the preacher this week. Let me tell you. I was in a, I was in, I pulled into a shop. It, it was a, it was a, 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 a auto electric shop where they fix uh, alternators and batteries and all that kind of stuff in South Carolina. I got a call this week, a family friend from the church I pastored in South Carolina passed away. They want me to do the funeral. So I drove over Friday morning, did the funeral, but the funeral was at 11. I was there early. So I pulled into this, this shop. And, and when I walked in the shop, the, the, the garage doors was open and there was a little group of men about five or six of them just sitting around in a little circle like it was, like it was the, the barbershop on Andy Griffin. Man, they just going after each other. You could tell they were buddies. Not. And I looked at Barry. I said, Barry, how often does this happen? He said, every day. I said, then we need to start a micro church right here with this group right here. He said, he said if you brought out a Bible, they'd run. I said, shut them doors. I'm, I'm suited and booted. I've got my suit ready to preach a funeral. And Barry was going to make a joke. He had his Bible behind the counter. He walked out with his Bible. Well, here you go. What I do, John chapter number 14. Let not your heart be troubled. Amen. We had church right there. Amen. Preacher, what are you saying? You don't have to have church here. You can have it in an auto body shop. You can have it in an auto repair shop. You can have it in an auto electric shop. You can have it in a dorm room. You can have it in an office building. You can have it in a community center. You can have it in the middle of the woods. Bless God, you can have it. If you want to do it. Share your knowledge. Teach them. Don't just win them. Teach them. We share our faith. Say it with me. We share our faith. Then we share our knowledge. We need to teach them. What did he say in, in, in the Great Commission? Go ye and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Are y'all with me? So say it with me, everybody, real loud, real loud. I got, whoo, I got five whole minutes. You ready? Number A, we, how do we make disciples? By sharing our faith. Everybody say it. You ready? By sharing our faith. B, by Sharing our knowledge with the ones we've shared our faith with. When we win them, we teach them. We teach them. Now watch this now. Here it is. Here it is. This is good right here. This is good. You're going to like this, Brother Doug. This is a good one. Even if it's me, it's a good one. We share our burden. He said, that which thou hast learned of me, commit. The word commit means to place alongside. Place alongside. Now, when you write that, look up at me. Watch this now. Don't you see Paul's burden? Watch this. Romans 1. I am debtor. 
I got a debt. I got a gospel debt. I've got to preach. I've got to teach. I've got to win. I am debtor. I have a responsibility. I have an obligation both to the Greeks and the barbarians, both to the wise and the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to what? To you that are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I love that. I am ready. I am ready. It, with, with this, and I like this part. With as much as is in me, I'm going to give it all. I'm going to give it all. As hard as I can go. Now watch. Can you feel his burden yet? Watch this. Romans 9, 1. I say the truth in Christ. I lie not. My conscience also bear me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have a great heaviness. That's a burden. Heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. In other words, here's how we say it. If, if it was possible for all my kinsmen to be saved and me go to hell in their place, I would do it. That's what Paul is saying. That's how, that's how heavy of a burden he had to see his kinfolk saved. Now watch this. Watch this. Romans 10.1. Read it with me. Read it with me. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Can y'all feel his burden? He's carrying the burden of the salvation of humanity. And here's what he does. To my own son in the faith. I've won you. I've shared my faith with you. I've shared my knowledge with you. And now I'm going to share my burden with you. I'm going to place you alongside of me to help me carry the burden of the gospel. To help me win the people to Christ. And we'll carry. The, why do you think these guys are here? Why do you think they're wearing gowns and caps. Listen, it's not so they can say, I got a diploma. No, sir. Now, I hope y'all don't think that. I am committing you. I am placing you beside me to help me carry the burden to go out in this world and win people by sharing your faith and sharing your knowledge and winning them to Christ and then sending them and saying, I need you, Timothy. I need you, Titus, to share my burden and I'm going to keep teaching. I'm going to keep winning. And now I need you to keep teaching and you to keep winning. We got to share the burden. And that's how we're going to make a difference. That's how we're going to change our communities. That's how we're going to change our homes. We're going to share our faith, share our knowledge, and share our burden. I can't do this all by myself. I can't do this all by myself. By the way, by the way, Temple Baptist, as great as it is, we can't do it all by ourselves. 
Now we can throw the blinders on and we can, listen, we can do this and say, well, we're not going to worry about the rest of our community. We're not going to worry about the rest of our country. We're just going to do our thing. You're going to find out real quick. We cannot do it all on our own. We need other churches. We need other states. We need other communities to come on board and help us carry this burden. And all God's people said, if you were wondering, That's why we're here. That's why we're here. Do we do other stuff? Yeah. Do we help people? Yeah. Do do we serve? Do we mow grass? Do we help our widow? Yeah, we do all that stuff. But what you just heard is why we're here. Don't get it mistaken. We're going to keep sharing our faith. We're going to keep sharing our knowledge by teaching them what we know. And we're going to keep sharing our burden by putting them beside us in this community, in these cities, in these states. Because that's what God called us to do. And by doing that, people are going to hear the gospel. They're going to experience grace. And they're going to return thanks. And then God will be. Any questions? I don't know. And I hope all my staff's listening. Because I got a little saucy in the meeting. I don't know how to make it any clearer than that. That's why we're here. That is the vision of Temple Baptist Church is to glorify God by making disciples through sharing our faith, sharing our knowledge, and sharing our burden. We're going to do it till Jesus comes. And all God's people say it.